Hey everybody, pull up a lawn chair, grab a beer, and set off some fireworks. Welcome to DreamWork. I, as always, am Colin Delaney. In a moment, I will be joined by my tag team partner, Cheech. We are the tag team of Two Infinity and Beyond. And uh, yeah, tag team, talking about tag teams. So we just got done doing a full theme month where we did a whole month. The whole month of June was teams with no real defined tag team name, just, you know, their names. And we figured we'd sneak one more theme week out as it is approaching Independence Day, America's birthday, if you will. Uh, so we figured we'd do an American team and we chose American Alpha. Uh, and the more I got to thinking about it, why were they called American Alpha? Uh, they didn't really wear red, white, and blue. Um, I mean, Chad Gable was in the Olympics representing the United States of America. Uh, Jason Jordan went to the University of Indiana, was a big wrestling star there. I guess, um, yeah, I guess I never really got it. And I guess I never really thought of it until right now. I don't know weird anyways that was the team we chose we did not choose the american males we did not choose uh the u.s express maybe next year guys maybe next year but anyways american alpha is the choice so weighing in at 447 pounds let's talk about them let's get into american alpha you ready yeah, buddy. Man, we are on a consecutive streak here. Uh, all right, let me let me start by saying, uh, after we chose American Alpha, I thought of a bunch of other American teams we could have done. Okay, such as? Uh, we could have done the Can-Am, whether okay. it be the, the, uh, the Tito Santana, or not the Tito Santana, the Rick Martel, uh, what was it, Rick Martel, Tom Zank? Or the Furnace and Crawford. Okay, but still, that's still only half American. I feel like this, we went full American. Well, we could have gone American males. Yeah, but okay, well, they were called American males, but I don't think it was like a patriotic thing. Well, team with uh, the Patriot and Bagwell, wasn't that a, wasn't that a was thing too? They... I was going to say, if you wanted to go that route, you would go Stars and Stripes. Right, and wasn't there a U.S. Express like Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda? Yes, there was. But okay, we also, I, okay. We... <laughs> I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I, why I wanted to go with American Alpha because when we did Usos, they had a good match with the Usos, and I was like, oh, we got to do an American Alpha one, and that's why I picked it. Agreed. We also could have spent an hour breaking down Hulk Hogan and Edge against Billy and Chuck from July Fourth. <laughs> I mean, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll get there eventually. That actually sounds awesome to me. So what I was going to say is we're on a consecutive streak here of, uh, of teams I thought I would enjoy a lot more than I did. Oh, all right. Tipping your hand already. Yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's go into uh, our preliminary thoughts. And I'll, I'll go first since I already kind of tipped it. I was excited because, like you just said, that Usos match, real good. And I remember those Revival matches being awesome. So I was like, I'm sure those aren't the only good American Alpha matches. I'm sure they, they clean up all over the place. And then 
by the end, I, I was just bored. I was bored with him, I think. So the, well, those are my preliminary thoughts. Let's. <laughs> sorry, I, I tipped my hand all the way out. Okay. What about you? My preliminary thoughts were I, too, was excited because of that Usos match. But I do remember uh, my main takeaway from that Usos match was that, wow, there was a certain point in time where Chad Gable was super-duper over. So I remember thinking, all right, let me not get too excited. Yes, that match was good, but I remember it was being like, oh, Chad looked really good. You know what I mean? But I still thought yeah. I was still positive. I was still – I was leaning more positive. Yeah, no, I was – going into it, I was – I was pumped, and even through the first uh, first couple, I was I was still like, yeah, here we go, let's roll. Um, all right, let's get into their tag team accomplishments. Yes. Um, right off the top, they are one time NXT tag champs and one time SmackDown tag champs. Not bad, not bad. Uh, I don't know if this still stands, but at the time, they were the only team to win both in the same year. They probably, I don't know. I don't really keep up on it, but I assume that probably still holds up. I, I think so too. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe NXT and Raw tag team champs might be the same year, but SmackDown they probably still hold that. Yeah. Um, in the year 2017, which is basically the ranking from 2016, their hot year. Uh, they were 103 and 104 on the PWI 500, respectively, with Jason Jordan getting the nod at 103. Okay, so, well, I, I could, at least they have them paired together. I like it that it's at least, you know, 103 and 104 or whatever. That's good. If we're going to get into semantics, I probably would have put Gable at three and Jordan at four, but to each their own. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. Other, other random statistics. Uh, Chad Gable was the 2015 Observer Rookie of the Year. Oh, I believe it. Uh, Jason Jordan, also a one-time Raw Tag Champs with Seth Rollins. And one-time FCW Tag Champs with CJ Parker. Wow. And then Gable, also one-time Raw Tag Champs with Bobby Roode. So they both wound up holding the NXT, the SmackDown, and the Raw Tag Titles. Okay, well, yeah, okay. That I hmm. Other uh, random things. Uh, there's a train at Cheech's house. Yes. <laughs> oh, dude, and the uh, birds are going off. I'm digging it. I think it's a nice little ambiance. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, okay. So, uh, other things that I thought were worth noting. Uh, Jason Jordan. I just thought you would find this fascinating. Jason Jordan was like uh, a top 15 in the country collegiate wrestler at the University of Indiana fighting at 225 in the heavyweight division. I could believe it. Like I looked at him and I was like, I bet you he's got a bunch of records and stuff and, and whatnot. And yeah. Apparently there's a painting on that. Like his face is painted on the wall of the gym in uh, at Indiana. I'm sure it is. But yeah, he he was wrestling at 225, fighting guys at 285. I'm sure he did. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I just, I was like, wow, that's that does seem a little uh, whatever. They do mention in some of these matches that I watched. Uh, Tom Phillips likes to bring up that he wrestled in college at 225, but now he's a hefty 250. Oh yeah, he's a big boy. Like he looks well put together. <laughs> 
All right. So those are the uh, those are their statistics. Let's talk about what matches we watched. Where'd you go, Cheech? All right. Um, I I somewhat did it like you did chronologically in that I basically watched all the NXT stuff and then all like the SmackDown stuff. I sure. I wish I would have kept better track of the timeline because I just went by like how it appeared when I looked it up on on the network and it was a little all over the place. But so I wish some like I I did the one thing I did make sure was to watch the revival matches in in the order, not all in a row, but like I saw the first one before I saw the second before I saw the third. So the ones I saw first saw was an Enzo and Cass, then uh, a, a squash match with Hollis and Skyler, a Blake and Murphy, Vaude Villains, Colognes, um, then Revival, Authors of Pain, Revival, um, uh, an O'Shea Vega, another squash match. Then we got into uh, oh, and then I knew there was another revival but i was like i i held that off because i here was my here was my thinking i go ooh, smackdown might not be so good let me hold one of these revival matches in the back pocket to uh cleanse the palate uh because then i got into it was spirit squad brizango usos uh well it was when they turned they were in the i, I put in their colors <laughs> um the ascension uh, some more Usos, some more Brizango, some more Usos. Then I saw the Bray and Randy Orton, and then I watched the two out of three Falls revival to uh, to, to to bring everything back. Okay, all right. I uh, I threw in. I got. I feel like I have some more random NXT than you. I started with like right in the beginning. They have a match with Elias and Noe Jose when Noe Jose was still going by whatever his real name is. Okay. Uh, Baron Corbin and Rhino from the Dusty Classic, uh, Gargano and Ciampa, uh, B- Blake and Murphy, Revival. I did both Revivals. I didn't go two out of three falls. I almost did, but I was like, ah, I think I did enough Revival with the, the two TakeOver ones. Um, I did a couple Breezangos. I did a couple Vaude Villains. I did some Ascension. I did Orton and Bray. I did the Colognes. Um, so... Yeah, a little bit all over the board. And uh, so right off the bat when I was kind of – because I always kind of look up their matches so I can kind of get a, a feel for what I'm I'm looking at. Uh, and right off the bat, I was like, oh, yeah, they came in like right at the time when the NXT tag division was like booming. Yeah, they caught a good wave in NXT when they were there. Right, because when they came in, uh, it hadn't really boomed with everybody quite yet, but it's like the tail end of the Blake and Murphy era. So they still got to work with Blake and Murphy, but then really hit when the Revival is on top, but they still kind of touched when the Vaude Villains were there, Enzo and Cass, you know. So uh, they, they really had a good they, – like, they hit at the perfect time. Yeah, yeah, they they definitely lucked out when they got going because especially not even just the division. Like I feel like NXT itself was also well. I mean, it, it, at that point in those years, it just kept going up and up and up and up and up. So yeah, I mean, they were on they they got on board at some point and were riding it up like everyone else. Yeah. I, oh, I also wanted to make mention uh, that at least for their first uh, couple months, they were also a team with no name. Yes, I do remember that. And then I remember because then I watched one of the matches where they, they really put over American Alpha, American Alpha. What do you think? 
American Alpha. I go, oh, yeah, that's right. They didn't go by that original. Yeah, it was when they wrestled Blake and Murphy was the first one I saw with American Alpha. Uh, but also in looking at the old results, before they debuted on TV together, they were teaming on house shows, and I believe they were called Shoot Nation. Oh, you know what? Like, as a guy who's into that style of stuff, they've always flirted with saying stuff like that. Like, I was so pumped back in the day when they were going to do, like, the, the Fighters Den in WCW with all the shooters and stuff. And, like, they always flirt with it. But they always go, nah, we'll just pivot. And they, they became American Alpha, which is fine. It's fine. I think even the, the shoot stuff might even be confusing. So, But, like, I always love that they flirt with the idea that they're going to call someone, like, the, the shooting range or the shoot club or the shoot nation and stuff. Yeah, that was their uh, their original tag name, apparently. Uh, kind of glad they didn't go with it because then they wouldn't be our tag team this week. Well, I mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe, they, maybe if they still went hard being American, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, Right off the bat, they, they're putting over that Jason Jordan was apparently doing a partner search, and that's how uh, they got together, yes. which I, I did not know and I did not remember. Uh, apparently, Jason Jordan was teaming with Ty Dillinger for a, a good period of time. Yep, I remember that. He was teaming, and then, yeah, and then Gable came around as, like, the annoying guy, like, no, nah, I'm going to be your partner. I'm going to be your partner. And he's like, I don't know, I don't know. And then, yeah, he eventually won him over. Yeah, and then uh, learning that Jason Jordan was also FCW tag champs with CJ Parker, I was like, oh, he's always kind of been a tag team guy. And then when you watch them together, it it makes sense. Uh, I don't remember much of Jason Jordan's singles work, but... Uh, I think him being, he was very one dimensional as a tag team wrestler. All right. Now I've been sitting here uh, with my hand on my hip, ready to pull it out and start firing some bullets. But like, I don't know if I want to, if I want to, I don't know if the world needs to know a uh, bitter, angry hatred of Jason Jordan cheats right now. <laughs> yeah i mean so uh if i could start from the beginning here and it it, Go for it it picks up pretty quick because you that's what i'm that's why i said earlier that like i started getting bored relatively quick once you like the revival ones are a breath of fresh air but even before that once you get into like i don't know even like gargano and champo and blake and murphy it's like oh man uh these matches are very, very the same. Okay. I unfortunately saw it. I don't know what it was. The first match I watched, it was the Enzo and Cass one too. And literally like the first note I wrote was, I was like, wow, they actually made Enzo look competent in there. So like, that's saying a lot. So I was like, oh, okay. I was kind of like, all right. And then like between that and then the, like, where, where were my notes? Uh, Oh, okay. Uh, the next match was the squash match. I wrote, Gable is great. Jordan is a product of a super marky crowd. Well, uh, so early on, I wrote, uh, where is it? Oh, Jordan is full of fire. That's his one saving grace. Agreed. No, I, I agree, because at the end of the day, these matches, to a point, uh, especially when they're not with like the revival or somebody who likes to throw all those dips in there when it's not with one of those yeah. teams, it is like Chad Gable gets in and does a bunch of like 
bunch of different things. It's never really the same thing. Tags in Jason Jordan. Jason Jordan throws his super ass high drop kick. Maybe does one other thing. Gets Gable back in. Gable gets chopped down. They beat up Gable for Jordan to hit the hot tag, which, by the way, is almost spot for spot the same in almost every match. He has four moves. Um, it's like I, I. Part of me wants to feel bad for the guy. I think I could call him kid. He's younger than me, right? Whatever. Uh, I've wrestled way. Yes, long. yeah, he is. Uh, uh, I looked it up. Uh, Gable, or yeah, Gable was born in '86. Uh, Jordan born in '88. All right, then I'll go bitter old vet. Listen here, this young kid, I mean, like, he's okay and all, but, uh, but yeah, seriously, like, I almost want to feel bad for the guy because he doesn't know any better, but, like, I immediately, okay, like, in the, one, in the early matches I went back, I wrestled. I wrestled all through high school, junior high. I went right back to the wrestling team. I go, oh, yeah, there were two type of guys that were really good. There were, like, the guys that were, like, the naturals and were creative and were great. And then there were those guys who were just blank slates and were machines that were coached into greatness. And that's, that is Gable. And that is Jordan. One is creative, uh, goes out there. looks like he's just flowing. And then Jason Jordan just looks like the most coached produced uh, product out there. And like, it, it drove me nuts. I had so many notes where I was like, kind of burying him but it's not even like i almost don't think it's his fault it's the system he's in and then like obviously you could tell they were in love with him and like super hiding him and protecting him and it was just ah it was it was it was correct so uh also in doing a little research jason jordan was scouted by gerald briscoe out of college and convinced to come to the the training centers come to fcw whereas gable from the looks of it, it doesn't really go into it, but the trainers listed on his uh, uh, Wikipedia are Eric Cannon and Mike Quackenbush. Huh? Yeah, Chad Gable. Do you think that's real? <laughs> or just somebody messing on Wikipedia? Well, he's a Minnesota guy, so what I... I, I don't know. It didn't really go into it, but what I... I'm led to believe is that he probably went to whatever the local wrestling school was and, you know, worked out there and whatnot. Probably did a camp or two. And then suddenly it was like, Oh, if I just go to them and go, Hey, look at my Olympic stuff. They're like, Oh yeah, we'll sign. Yes. So basically, but that also, it, it made a little more sense when I read that I was like, Oh, so he did uh, at least dip his toe in the water of independent wrestling. And, and that kind of style before he went to, uh, WWE. Okay, while we're on it, one of my favorite notes that I wrote down was um, Gable would have had an either... At first I thought, like, if he went to the Indies, he would have been like American Dragon, but then I refined it. I go, oh, no, no, no. If he went to the Indies, he definitely would have had the Jamie Noble uh, when I got released run. He definitely would have had that in at least a couple places. You know what I mean? Even if he never went to WWE, he was so good that he'd be like, maybe he's small, but like, some promotion somewhere would have been like, no, this guy's good and given him the platform and he would have gotten over big. You know oh, what I mean? yeah. And, and now, like, uh, it almost makes me sad that he didn't get released in that <laughs> pack of releases because we would have gotten a potentially a super cool indie run out of uh, Gable. Uh, all right. So matches like the revival matches are like the penultimate, right? Like that's there. That's the peak peak. Uh, 
Yes. Um, yeah, that's their best ones. But like, okay, uh, here's something I wanted to point out with the NXT matches and something um, I, I gave a name to it. I call it the NXT bump and not like, you know, like falling on your back, but like uh, giving that extra prestige. Like, I don't know. I don't want to be inside baseball guy or whatever, but some of these matches look like, oh, they look really good. They look like they've been practiced all week at the PC. Well, so yes. And, and well, and I don't even know about the PC, but when you look at their like cage match listing for matches, uh, yeah, they, between uh, like TV appearances, they probably had 25 uh, live event NXT matches against these same teams. Okay. But, but still, though, I mean, like, I don't know. Some of the stuff, like, uh, like one of my notes is like, wow, Chad Gable's really good when he gets in there with, like, two guys and having perfect spacing all the time. I was like, I get that that's possible, but I was like, all the time? It feels a little bit like uh, when you look at it, and you look at how many matches those guys have in these weird live events uh, that aren't on NXT TV, it almost feels a little bit like, you know, like Dragon Gate and like Japan. Like these guys just, they work together so all the time on these, you know, shows all around Florida. Okay, fine. If you want to look at it that way, fine. <laughs> I don't know. Part of me was like, man, it just seems so shiny and... And but then, because of course, once they then get to SmackDown, it's not the same. You know what I mean? Yes. No, I totally agree. The right, the one of the first matches of their SmackDown run I watched was like a ten-minute Breezango match, which was it was pretty fun. But also, you look at Bree, you yeah. look at Breezango, and they are like, I wrote Breezango are pros, pros, like right off the get. You notice that. Yeah, no, I enjoyed that match, the one that where they got a little bit of time. But the too. crowd uh, is a hundred percent unsure of Gable and Jordan, and when they come out hot and fired up, the crowd is just like, eh. Okay, uh, as I was watching the NXT and talking about how Jason Jordan's a product or of that great crowd, I go, I felt bad because I was like, he has no idea what it's like to not to work in a crowd not like that. Like, okay, I'm sure the the Florida loops that he did probably weren't that but i mean like the fact that every week he got to wrestle in front of that crowd that ate up anything they did i was like oh my god it's gonna be such a culture shock so i was waiting for smackdown i go i can't wait till he pulls down the straps and the crowd just looks at him oh yeah and the the double knee slide oh my god and like i feel like because in his head i feel like he's just one of those like i said i just in my head i labeled him that guy from the wrestling team that was just you know coached really well in my head, I was like, oh, they taught him. Oh, you hit four moves on, you get tagged. You hit four moves. You pull down straps. You flex your arms and go, Brah! And guess what? In NXT, it worked 100% of the yeah, time. Yeah, like 10 out of 10 times. But also, you know, he believed that. He believed that fire. He, he did have good fire, whether it's a, a coached-up thing or whatever. He had good fire. I know that was the thing. At the other day, I was like, "But still, it is good fire." And that's the thing; it did work on SmackDown. Like people, like I don't know you, but like, all right, I'll believe this guy. Look at how look at how pumped he is. All right, I'm with strong him. as an ox, too, man. In one of those revival matches, he throws uh, Wilder <laughs> just up in the air, straight up and down. And I was like, "That's a large man to be just hurling straight up and down like that." Yes, I wrote. Uh, he's just strong enough to to not be unsafe. 
Like, if he was a little bit weaker, he'd be really unsafe. <laughs> but he's so strong, it's like, no, no, no. Even if it goes bad, he's so strong, you'll, you'll, you'll survive by, you'll get uh, over. Did you watch both of the Orton and Bray matches? No. I, saw, I didn't. I, saw I, didn't I didn't either. And the one that I did watch, they did a double heat, and they took a heat on Jason Jordan and gave Gable a weird comeback. And it did not work for me. Yeah, here's the thing, though. But when they did stray from it and put heat, when Jason Jordan, a few times he did take heat, I just out of it was a different. I enjoyed it regardless. No, I I try, I wanted to. I was like, here we go. This I wrote no, numerous times in my notes. Uh, Gable takes heat. Gable takes heat. Jordan doesn't take heat. Gable takes heat. Jordan doesn't take heat. Oh, no, definitely. But I did enjoy the few times. Like, I think in the Revival matches, just based on, like, the time they put in, there was times where Gable was able to get in hot tags, and I enjoyed them. Yeah, uh, I did at one point during one of the Revival matches write down, and, and this does stand true, Jason Jordan is great at everything he does. But he only does four things. But he, he, he's limited. I, I, I wrote real early, like, Jason Jordan has one, he really only has one note. Yeah, literally. But here's the thing. Uh, the thing that doesn't make me hate him completely, the few times he had to stretch beyond his four moves, they weren't bad. Like, I was like, okay, I can almost see the potential. So if there is the potential for him to do more, why are they hiding it so much? You know what I mean? I was almost like, 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 what kind of record must this kid have had in training that they were like, oh, no, no, we could only let him do four moves. Yeah, I mean, sure. Uh, I don't disagree with you because I, I do agree when when he's doing things that aren't uh, the four moves he, he he looks good doing them I'm not mad at it I, I thought I thought he looked good but at, once again you, you saw it he he has the same comeback and kind of the same shine and uh, you know just plays the hits. Oh no, definitely. The one thing I did realize um, there was. It was one of the times he was he was putting heat on someone. Like, they were rough on someone. And I realized, I go, oh, you know, in time, had he got better, he probably would be better as a, as a heel, as a bad guy, where he's just – where he can just mush into the ground as opposed to having to do a bunch of stuff. Like, when he was on the mat, he looked fine. Like, the few times he did an open where he would just wrestle guys on the mat, he looked fine. So I was like, oh, why don't they let him do more opens if he can – let him just wrestle on the mat for a little bit and then tag out. Correct. Yeah, no, I I, I don't disagree with that uh, whatsoever. Um, so the Revival matches are great. The Usos matches are great. There are great matches in there. I think one of my, uh, and I remember watching this and enjoying it back when it happened, but re-watching it was a lot of fun. And I think it's my Dark Horse favorite American Alpha match against Baron Corbin and Rhino. Oh, okay. See, I didn't oh, see that one. Oh, man, it's... It's really good because it was uh, they kind of play it by the books. And at that point, that's all Jordan and Gable were doing was just here's our little shine. Gable take a heat. Jordan's comeback comes right into the finish. Now, okay, let me ask you this, because what I liked about their Authors of Pain match was that American Alpha was good at showing their opponent's size and then also showing how they can still, like at one point, what the, they both give members of AOP uh, exploders. So like it's cool that like Jordan does it, but then they even let Gable do it. So was that what kind of what they did with uh, with 
Corbin and Rhino? Uh, guys? Yeah, kind of. Like I, I wrote down at one point that I really liked they did a double Northern Lights, uh, but you know because Jordan wasn't legal, Gable just held the bridge. But they put over the fact that he's too big for one of us to just Northern Lights, so we'll get two of them, and then Jordan will just roll out so they can still get the pin. I was like, oh, that's that's clever. I actually really like that. Yeah, that was the one thing. Like, I that's why I was really excited to see the Authors of Pain match because I was like, okay, yes, they can have a good match with the Revival. They're same size, but I was like, how do they do with big guys? No. And I thought they did real yeah, good. Same thing with when I was like, ooh, against Orton and Bray. Let's go. Oh, and I loved it. My notes for that was uh, one of them was I was like, uh, well, we already know uh, Orton is really good with little guys. So like, it was fun seeing. Uh, Gable throwing him around and his hot tag had a it was a hot northern lights and then he gave him a deadlift German he gave Randy Orton a deadlift so German. that was the one but before that I was like <laughs> on Jason Jordan's comeback he like he he tosses Bray with something and then Randy comes in I was like oh what's he gonna take oh a back suplex <laughs> you know <laughs> he's doing all these crazy suplexes Randy comes in he gives him a back suplex and then later on he gives him like some other super safe suplex. And then I was like, uh, is he really just like giving the lamest suplexes ever? Cause it's Randy Orton. And then there was the deadlift German. I was like, Ooh, here we go. Yeah, no, I enjoyed that match. Uh, what I really enjoyed about that match was uh, it was a fun finish and it, it was a multi it served. It was multi-purposed. Uh, it got American alpha overlooked great in the match and it still got over the Wyatt family dissension angle. I was like, that's, that's all you can ask for in a match with, with something like that, where you go, uh, go in there, have a good match and then both come out better for yeah, it. Yeah. No. Oh, I definitely agree. And then uh, as we get down to the end, so the colognes the, is their last TV matches. They did two back-to-back weeks against the colognes. The first week they lose to the colognes. And then I, I got to like looking back and thinking about it. That was a rare loss for American Alpha. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were pushed pretty good right off the I tried to look it up because I thought Cage Match used to have, like, a you could find their uh, win percentage. And I was like, man, if I am a betting man, I bet as a team American Alpha uh, has a 75-plus percent win percentage as a team. Probably. Because that's the thing, like uh... – they didn't have the longest run. It was, and, and like we said, look at they had belts. Yeah, it was two years end to end. Like it started in July of yeah. uh, of twenty, whatever fifteen ended in July of twenty seventeen. Yep. Uh, but their last TV match was against the Colognes in a beat the clock. They win uh, over the Colognes in five minutes, and then uh, are off TV just doing house shows until July, when. Uh, Jordan pops up on Raw. Yep. Never. And okay. So again, let's. I just want to point out the insanity that is WWE. Like you look at that team and go, ah, let's go with Jason Jordan. Let's go with Jason. And it's never explained why they did it. Uh, they did try and push Gable. Gable got some some good stuff on SmackDown after uh, and in the the months with Jordan on the way out. I know, but still, I mean, oh my gosh. When you see him in these matches, you're just like, oh my God, there's so much there. Uh, so I, I didn't know, but I was reading this uh, about the their the end of their run. So they get split. Jordan moves to Raw. And then, so he gets moved to Raw July 2017. By January 2018, 
he has to go in for neck surgery. So his, his singles run, his run on raw uh, in my head was a lot longer, but it was only six months and he was teaming with Seth Rollins for a portion of it. Yeah, no, no. It, it, that's, that, that was the other part. As I'm watching it, I'm just steaming over this guy. I was like, this guy has no idea how good he is. He has no idea how good he is. He has no idea how good he is. And then I was like, well, it doesn't really end so well for him. So, I mean, I can't really hate on the guy. Yeah, I didn't know that he, that like that, sur- that uh, injury was basically career ending. Yeah, I, I don't think it was supposed to be. Like, I think it was something that just ended up being, ended up worsened. I mean, like, they thought, oh, it's a neck thing. We'll fix it like everyone else. And they were like, oh, no, it's not like everyone else. Yeah, he. Uh, I guess he got signed to, to be a producer yep. with WWE, which is a little baffling to me. That's a, hey, man, you got a shitty deal. We'll still take care of you type of thing. Yeah, because I, I was going to say, I, I don't I don't know... Uh, you know, I don't know what he's doing with the company now, but uh, he apparently has a job as a producer. But okay, once again, this is why I wasn't uh, like, I wasn't surprised when you were like, oh, they've got a mural of him at the school, and he's you know got straight A's and seventeen varsity. Like, you know what I mean, he just strikes me as that guy who's just that all American. You know what I mean, like book smart and once again easily coached and is a machine you know what i mean so like anything you point him at and show him how to do i'm sure he's going to do great at so i'm sure that's why they were like oh we have this really young incredibly smart driven man let's put him to work at something yeah yeah no uh, i mean but you are definitely not wrong all right so uh this one's gonna be uh i don't know i I don't uh i guess i i don't have the the a great answer for this one but cheech what made american alpha great uh the, it's the one thing we said like i literally my why are they great they've got good fire to cover up yeah uh and uh, i mean we don't like that all their matches kind of can blend together and that jason jordan just does the same thing every match but you can't yeah. you can't say that it didn't work no, that's the problem, man. Like, uh, part of me, and it wasn't that I was hating. Well, I mean, I guess I was more judgmental. Yes. I was being very judgmental. But I was, but like, once again, like, the crowd still popped. Like, the, like, the fruits of their labor actually produced. You know what I mean? Like, they got over. You know what I mean? Like, it's pretty impressive to go straight off NXT, straight into, on the SmackDown, and like, maybe not get over instantaneously, but like, they were champs, and the crowd had no problem with it right away. You know what I mean? No, I, I agree. I agree. And I feel like even by the end of that Breezango match that I that we watched, the the longer Breezango match, which is a very early on SmackDown match, where at the beginning of the match, I feel like the crowd kind of could give a shit either way. But by the end of it, it was like, oh, hell yeah, let's go, these guys. Yeah, you know what I mean? They were they, they were a real good formula. And, and here's the other thing. Like, I do not want to compare them to the Steiners, but they were going for that same uh, – they're in that same world. We're athletic uh, college wrestler guys. And once again, it's a real easy thing to digest. You look and go, oh, look, they're in singlets. Oh, they're doing takedowns, mat work, and suplexes. Oh, okay, this is real easy to understand. Well, yes, but and I think they get probably more compared to uh, Haas and Benjamin. 
Okay, yeah, I would totally go with that. But you know what I mean? They were going same thing. It's an easy presentation to be like, oh, we're going to make them look like shoot wrestlers and have them go out there and do shoot wrestling moves and wear singlets, and it's easy to put together. Yeah, we're, we're, eventually, we're going to do a Haas and Benjamin episode, and now that we're talking about it, it'll probably be sooner than later. Um, because now I'm interested... Uh, because currently in my head, American Alpha is basically a poor man's Haas and Benjamin. Yeah. Well, I guess when we get to them, we'll have to see if that hypothesis turns out true. Because I remember Haas and Benjamin, uh, like going, going with some teams. Yeah, I think that may be a thing where they may have just had better opponents. Yeah. Uh, agreed. All right, I think I have a pretty good answer on how we would beat American Alpha, but what do you got, Cheech? Um, we would get rid of Gable and just go ahead. But here's the thing. We would get rid of Gable so that he could be the star later. You know what I mean? Well, that was you're basically on the same track as me. Uh, we, would, we would beat up Jason Jordan all match. Uh, so Jason Jordan couldn't do his four things on the end. And then, you know what I'm saying? Once we've got, I think, I think we almost do the opposite where we, we get rid of Jason Jordan uh, because then the two of us could overwhelm Chad Gable. But if we beat up Gable, he's just going to tag in Jordan and Jordan is just going to do all of his moves and throw us around like we're small children. With ease. Yeah, so I think our strategy would be, you know, even though we like the, the easier route probably like everybody else took was to isolate gable nobody isolates jordan i think we isolate jordan so we don't got to take his his throw us around moves and then we the two of us deal with gable as a duo on the last uh, half yeah that's what i'm thinking we try and figure out some nefarious way to get rid of gable and then just try and and try i'll say try to just beat the tar off Jason Jordan the whole time. Yep. Yep. I think we're in agreement. I think we could do it too. So whenever Jason Jordan's ready, we're out here. And it'd be fun, man. Cause like the dips and doodles they had with like the revival and even the ones they had with the Usos, it was all fun. You know what I mean? They were fun matches. No, I, I, I 100% agree. They had fun matches, but then I think we can both agree that when they weren't in those matches, they were, uh, a bit boring. Uh, I've never, I, I was never quote unquote bored. I would say they got very formulaic, is what I yes, noticed. yeah, that's what I'm that saying. I just uh, by the end, I was like, "Yep, here it comes." Oh, yep. Oh, little drop down, little drop kick. Got it. Oh, let's get Gable back in. Oops, someone take out Gable. Oop, here we go. They're gonna beat up Gable for a while. Oh, what's going on? Tag to Jason Jordan. Strike, 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 ski. Oh, someone goes for a kick. Oh, you got him with the the capture suplex. Like, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. And the fact that we do the formula, that's how we'd beat him. You know what I mean? We'd be like, oh, we know what you're going to do better than you know what you're going to do because you don't even know it yet, but we've we've seen your kind come and go. You know what I mean? Like, dude, one of my notes was I was like, I wonder if uh, Jason Jordan knows how little he does and if he and I want to know, like, how many people it takes to produce a Jason Jordan? You know what I mean? Like, how many guys in the backstage are like, and then we'll go for this, but then he'll swivel, swivel behind, he'll land behind, then we'll have your opponent drag him out of the ring, and then we'll get Gable back in there to do some more stuff. 
yeah. I mean, you, you can literally call it in your head. You can say it to yourself. You're like, oh, I know what's happening right now. Yeah, like when the revival, there was did some really good one. And I was like, man, that's some really good work to just keep Jason Jordan out of the ring. <laughs> which made me like, which made me like, okay, with a little recency bias, like the revival or FTR or. Uh, let me get this in. Or as I wrote in my notes, uh, I call them the old school boner machines, which I think just sounds better than FTR. Old school boner machines? Yeah, bro. Because they just love their old school spots and like all the old school people love them. And I was like, oh, they're just like, like you watch their match. I was like, oh, they're just, they're just giving old people boners with all their cool little old, I'm going to throw a punch. You dug. Oh, Art Anderson. Oh, now I'm going to tag you in and we're going to do Vegematic from the Midnight Express. It's like, they're old school boner machines. <laughs> uh, I'm not getting into the revival with you right now. That's a whole different episode. No, but I'm just saying, like, I found myself almost appreciating them more, watching them how well they worked with American Alpha. Because they they had a couple good matches with, with Jason Jordan, too. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, the, the, the those matches speak for themselves. I don't have to put it over. No, it. yeah, they, they, they put dips where uh, where nobody else did, where, where everyone else would just take the, the four Jason Jordan moves of doom. The revival was like, uh, 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 I'm gonna put in a little, uh, a little Arn Anderson spin on that. That's why I think, like American Alpha, had they gone longer, they probably had a, they probably had a better chance at being great than most teams. It just needed Jason Jordan to catch up, and I think it would have happened eventually by hook or by crook. Agreed. The 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 uh, main roster NXT tag team fizzle out is real, real though. I know, man, but like, whew, when they came, you know what I mean? Those, those crowds at NXT were just eating up everything they did. What a, what a, like, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, what a hell of a two year run. Yeah. You ain't wrong. All right. That was American Alpha. Uh, happy Independence Day, everybody. If you're listening to this on Independence Day, uh, this will be dropping uh, on the second. So whenever you listen, you know, happy birthday, America. Indeed. Yes, yes, yes. Everybody have a good fourth. We made it out of June. We made it into July. We celebrated Independence Day. Uh, and now I think uh, we're off to our own devices again. So next week, uh, God only knows what tag team me and Cheech will discuss. It might be Sting and Luger, but it might not. But I'm contractually obligated to say Sting and Luger at least once in every episode. The world ain't ready for it. The world is not ready for it. It'll be our uh, on our one year anniversary. We finally get to sing in Luger. <laughs> Maybe. All right. Well, join us again next week as we discuss more tag teams. And until then, thanks for listening. Adios. <laughs>